welcome back to the Soccer Brothers Podcast. This is episode number 58. I'm your host, Sal Katar, and as always, I'm joined by my brother, Nihal. How you doing, Nihal? I'm doing really well, man. This is episode 58, which means we're only two episodes away to episode 60, which is when Landon Donovan will be joining us on the Soccer Brothers Podcast. We've already conducted that interview. We had a great conversation with him. He's so insightful, and he's such a nice guy, too, uh, and we're... Obviously excited to share that with you guys. We're also close to the website going live. Um, actually, by the end of this weekend, the website should be live. That's our goal. Uh, so, yeah, I'm excited, man. Um, what about you? How are you doing? Well, um, you know, I'm kind of ex- I was kind of excited for this international break because I've been pretty demoralized about how Roma's been doing. Uh, so I, uh, it was refreshing to see a good result and <laughs> us play well. Uh, but you know, it's nice to have you back, uh, in the last episode we recorded and my brother was at college and I'm at home, now we're both at home. Yeah. So, uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And, Labor uh, Day weekend. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a long weekend. Yeah. Our parents are off at a wedding and you can't take care of yourself, so. That's not true. <laughs> I, I, I definitely could have taken care of myself. <laughs> no, I know. We also had our fantasy draft last night. We have a league with our friends, so, uh, that's basically. Fantasy football. Yeah, yeah. fantasy football. Uh, that's basically why I'm in town, so. How do you feel about your draft, man? Um, you know, I think I may have taken a quarterback too early, but I thought Cam Newton was good enough to take, yeah. like, in the second or third round. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I really don't know. I don't I don't, really don't want to say anything about my team before. Right, right. Yeah. It's, there's a lot of gambles. You know, I feel the same way about my draft. I took Todd Gurley with the second overall pick. I could have maybe gone with a more sure player, like yeah. Odell Beckham or something. But, uh, yeah, it was. it's interesting. There's a lot of question marks this year. But... That's the wrong kind of football. We are the Soccer Brothers Podcast. Um, Before we talk about soccer, though, let's talk about the amazing soccer-themed apparel brand named Ambitious Strike. They have some great clothing. If you want to go check them out, go to ambitiousstrike.com. That's A-M-B-I-T-I-O-U-S-S-T-R-Y-K.com. The link is in the description. If you choose to buy a if you choose to buy some clothing, which you should, you're missing out if you don't, use the code BROTHERS at checkout for a 15% discount on your entire order. Yes, go check them out. The U.S. took St. Vincent and the Grenadines on on September 2nd, Friday. The U.S. came in with seven points going to the group. St. Vincent and the Grenadines were already eliminated with zero points, and it turned out to be a 6-0 win for the U.S., uh, and now we have 10 points, and we're looking, as we said, we're looking to the game against Trinidad and Tobago on Tuesday. Overall, how did you think the U.S. played in this game? I mean, they were okay. You know, it's 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 hard to really evaluate these matches and say, oh, this means the USA can the USA can take this and, and use it going forward, because this is a team we should be beating 6 nothing. You know, and, and it's more of just an exercise, and you saw it, we saw it at the end of the match, the U.S. players were basically just going through the motions and just walking around, really. Um, so, I mean, overall, they played okay. I thought Bobby Wood was decent, uh, except for that early miss and I think, the second minute, which he should have scored. Um, the defense was pretty good. I thought DeAndre Yedlin looked good. Um, I think... I was hoping that Fabian Johnson would have more of an impact from midfield than he did. Um, Josie Asador looks fit again. I think, you know, maybe his first touch wasn't that great, but he looks fit again, which is really nice. And, uh, obviously the game changed. We had a little bit more energy and a little bit more going forward when Sasha Kledgen and Christian Pulisic come up, came on. Definitely. So, uh, those are just my initial thoughts. Um, but, uh, what about you? What, what would you think about this match? 
you know, I agree with... I was watching ESPN FC after this game, and Craig Burley w- was really spot on. Like, there is no really winning from this game in yeah. terms of the fans, because you're expected to go in there and beat them, and the U.S. took care of the job. You can't really say anything about the game. But if you do only win 2 or 3-0, then you have a lot of questions. So, um, in that way, there's kind of pressure, but, I, you know, I think we handled it pretty professionally. Right. Went in there and got the job done. Now, in the first half, we saw... Um, a lot of the striker uh, striking pair that we were, you know, pretty excited about Bobby Wood and Josie Altador. I didn't wasn't too excited. I feel like Josie Altador wasn't playing the same kind of role that I wanted to play, and I feel like maybe I wanted to see, you know, Josie Altador with the hold up play, Bobby Wood overlapping it. But I feel like Josie Altador is coming too far back to the ball, and I think part of that was we do have Kyle Beckerman in the midfield and Graham Zuzi, who didn't you know, want to penetrate, you know, that much and allow Josie Altador to just stay up there. Yeah. So I think if you do, do put a Darlington Nagby up, up there, you know, add some more creativity, then we could have seen more out of the striking partnership, but I was still a little bit disappointed about how right. uh, that worked. Yeah, we saw Bedoya drop pretty much flat with Beckerman at times, especially mm-hmm. on defense. Uh, so that's why Altador did come, drop back more, especially in the first half. I think as the first half went on, Wood also started dropping but I think that was Josie's role in this match, to be more of a replacement for Clint Dempsey, in that he was going to drop down, he was going to go out wide, and have Bobby Wood stay central, which is where he's good at. And we know that Josie Altador is actually decent with the game ahead of him, with the ball at his feet, where he can read, where he can pass it. Um, so I don't know if I object to that too much. I think that's just a product of not having a true attacking midfielder and having a, and playing a 4-4-2. You know, if we're playing a 4-2-3-1 like we did... Um, at times during the uh, Copa America, and you have Clint Dempsey behind a striker, then Clint Dempsey sort of fills that role. But um, this formation allowed Josie Altador to do it, and I, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, to be honest. Um, I think going forward, I would actually like to see a 4-3-3 with Bobby Wood by himself up top, and uh, Fabian Johnson and Christian Pulisic out wide. I think that that's what I would like to see. I think that's the next step, and I think that's how we can play some really good soccer with, you know, players like Nagby, Bradley, and Bedoya in the midfield. Yeah. You know, obviously that kind of lineup is probably going to get overrun by a, by a, you know, a team like Spain or Germany or something, but... I mean, but we should be able to match up in the hex with pretty much any of these teams right. with that attacking lineup. Right. Uh, yeah. I, w- what kind of striking partnership, or I guess if we were to play two strikers again against Trinidad and Tobago... Who would, would you want to see the same thing? Yeah, I mean, I think maybe since we're pretty much qualified for the tournament, Guatemala would have... We'd have to lose... If we lost one nothing, say, Guatemala would have to win 11 nothing against St. Vincent to qualify. So we haven't done it yet. We're not into the hex yet, but we're pretty much qualified. I think maybe we see Jordan Morris get a start with Bobby Wood up top. I would be very excited to see that. Um, I would like to see Darlington... Well, you, didn't, you only asked me about strike partnership. So, yeah, I, I would like to see um, Jordan Morris and Bobby Wood start up top to, together. But yeah. I would like to see 4-3-3. I would like to be, see one striker. That's that's what I'd like to see. So, you, you talked about Bobby Wood. I mean, Bobby Wood in the 28th minute had a great curling shot. Uh, and, you know, it, it was barely an assist by Fabian Johnson, but it was still an assist. And, you know, you, did, you, were, you are right. Josie Altidore did have the initial pass. Right. Uh, to get into Fabian Johnson, and just a great shot by Bobby Wood. Yeah, uh, Josie Altidore, it, it seems like, uh, kind of over-elaborated there. It looked like he had the run to the side, but 
you know, he held on to the ball, he sort of lost it, and then somehow, he always seems to do this, he somehow gets the ball back and uh, was able to uh, play it to Fabian Johnson. Fabian touches it to uh, to Bobby Wood in a, in a great curling effort, and he scored the hard one and missed the easy one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah in the second minute, he definitely should have scored. Yeah. Uh, in the 32nd minute, then, Beasler got a second goal, Zuzi's free kick floats, and then it was just bad, a bad clearance by St. Vincent, and, you know, it, it fell to Matt Beasler, who scored a half volley, it was a great strike, and uh, that's his first international goal, so pretty exciting for him. Yeah, very exciting for him. Um, on the same day, uh, his wife gave birth to uh, his daughter, so, um, which obviously is well documented with the uh, celebration and everyone yeah, talking about yeah. it. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so, um, great, great strike by him, and, uh, I mean, there's not too much to say besides that. <laughs> a terrible clearance by the St. Vincent and Grenadine defender. Yeah, and then we went into halftime 3-0, but it wasn't until the third goal from Josie Altador uh, off a penalty kick where Bobby Wood was uh, making a run, took a couple touches, and just kind of an ill-advised channel for, challenge from St. Vincent and the Grenadines. Deservingly, Josie Altador went to the spot and hit a pretty good free kick, uh, penalty kick. Yeah, good penalty kick. Uh, great skill by Bobby Wood to draw the penalty. He flicked it up to himself and took it down, and that's when uh, the St. Vincent Grenadines defender sort of kicked him in the chest. But it was uh, the last 17 minutes of the first half were good to get three goals, especially I was starting to get frustrated before Bobby Wood's goal. Uh, we had that chance early on in the second minute, but there was really nothing in between the second and 28th minute uh, when Bobby Wood scored. Yeah, and then the second half began, and, uh, you know, one of the things that I noticed is that DeAndre Yedlin did take quite a, be- quite a beating in, in mm-hmm. this game. It was just, he just got a lot of challenges. What did you think about his performance overall? And it's good to see now that I think we can confirm that DeAndre Yedlin is a fullback as part of yeah. Jurgen Clinton's plans. I think he looked good. I thought he made really good overlapping runs. His touch was good. Uh, his recovery was good. I think a couple of times, maybe he was a little bit out of position, um, but... You know, it's hard to blame him against the opposition for to, for wanting to get forward. Um, overall, I thought he had a really good match. I think he was solid defensively. Um, you know, one one opportunity comes back into my mind where he tracks back, steals it off the defender, passes it back to Guzan, and uh, the U.S. have the ball again. So I, I thought he did a good job, um, especially since we saw St. Vincent's wingers were actually not that bad. You know, they were skillful. Um, Oleks Anderson, obviously, uh, who sort of was playing a striker-winger hybrid, is, is a good player who plays for the Sounders and also for St. Vincent. Um, and I think he really wanted, because the, the goal St. Vincent scored against the U.S. the first time was sort of DeAndre Edlin's fault uh, last year. So uh, I think in this match you could really see the improvement he made in the last year as a defender. Um, you saw it more so in the Copa America because we were playing better teams. But I think he's just for that handball, right? right. Well, that. I mean that's not really you know. Yeah, it's not really. I mean, that's yeah. not an indictment on his defending, defending ability. ability right? um, but I think he'll continue to get better with Newcastle. So uh, I don't know. He he's definitely. I think he's definitely the first choice right back. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but you know, the, the half really changed as you said before in the 66th minute, where Bedoya and Fabian Johnson went off, and Sasha Kledgeston and Christian Pulisic came on, and these two just had a special connection going throughout the game. Right, right. There was three goals. Christian Pulisic scored two and assisted on one. 
Kleshin scored the other in assist on pulls six yeah, titles. The, the first one was in the 71st minute where Sasha Kleshin played a really nice ball uh, onto his left side where Pulisic made a great run and a great touch. Yeah. And eventually uh, a nice left-footed finish to yeah. get past St. Vincent and the Grand Duty Keeper. A great pass. Good pressure from Graham Zussi there. Um, was able to get it to Sasha Kleshin. Um Yeah, I mean, the touch was incredible. And we sort of just were like... You know, it's hard not to get excited about a player like that when you see that type of skill. I don't think since Landon Donovan, we haven't had a player who just impacts the game like that, who's direct and is going to go at you. Um, and he makes everyone look better, too. I yeah, mean, he Cal- does. Cal Nicosta was starting to make, like, overlapping right, runs, Right, right. He's, he's just such an intelligent player. Um, and I don't know how Graham Susie starts over him. See, and, and this is the thing. People are like, oh, you know, he's not playing at Dortmund. He's young. Ask yourself, could Graham Susie make Borussia Dortmund's bench? Probably not. <laughs> I, I really don't think so. I, I, think, I think the idea is that it's a pressure thing and they just want to slowly get him acclimated into that starting role. But he doesn't seem like the pressure phase is yeah, Is playing at St. Vincent, is starting at St. Vincent a World Cup qualifier, any... It, does that entail more pressure than starting against Bayer Leverkusen in a Bundesliga match? No, that's true. I mean, that's what he's a professional soccer player. He he knows how to deal with the pressure. He's already proven that he is a top quality player and one of the best players on the team. I don't think that's superlative. I really don't. You know, he's seven matches in for the U.S. He hasn't started a single one, and he has three goals. You know, that's a pretty good record. Yeah, it is. Uh, so I, I think he he. He is just a great player. And Sasha Kleshton, you know, we need more creative players like that. I, I uh, Hopefully he or Lee win. one of those two are part of the team going forward consistently. I mean, we might not have seen Sasha Kleshton, you know, if Jermaine Jones was healthy. So do... Well, he... he well, that's true. Jermaine Jones did leave, but he came on the roster for uh, John Brooks. He replaced okay. John Brooks on his yeah. roster. Um, I think we were always going to see him in this match because it's a low-pressure situation against St. Vincent, and Michael Bradley suspended. So, um, you know, and we didn't really miss Michael Bradley, but it was against St. Vincent yeah. and the Grenadines. Um, but, yeah. And that's why it's hard to kind of... Uh... Well, I think, I think one thing... I still think Kyle Beckerman is over the hill. I think that was still evident in this match. Um, I mean, he did what he needed to do, but he's just a step behind. He's not as fast as he used to be. He's not as quick with his decisions as he used to be. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's that he makes a lot of mistakes. I just don't... He's not... He didn't look that present. No. That's the problem. Well, I mean, I don't know if that's necessarily a problem, because that's not... That's not what he wants to do. But I just think... We already saw He's over it. I mean, he, he can't do it anymore. Uh, Kyle Beckham is a player I really like, and he's the type of player I really like, an out-and-out defensive midfielder. I think we need another guy like that, but when you have... I guess Michael Bradley was suspended, so we don't know, and Jermaine Jones is injured, so we don't know what that's going to look like, but when you have players like Danny Williams, Alfredo Morales, uh, Lyndon Gooch even, you know, these players who, who... these other central midfielders who are playing at a high level, those guys, I feel like, should be in the roster. Yeah, nah, I, I can agree with that. But one, one more thing before, I don't mean to cut you off. You know, you need to win the match. So if Kyle Beckerman gives you the best opportunity to do that, I mean, I think we could have played two attacking midfielders and won the yeah, match. Yeah, no, I, I don't really think that affected whether we won the match. No, I know, but 
I mean, if you never know what's going to happen, right? So having that defensive cover might be a good thing. Especially with players like Jeff, a player like Jeff Cameron who really likes to push forward. But you still think we could have started Clarkson? Yeah, I think yeah. so, yeah. Uh, yeah, and you know, part of the... Once these two players came on, six minutes later, Jordan Morris entered for Josie Altidore, and I didn't really... Maybe it was just because I was focusing on Christian Pulisic so much, but I didn't notice Jordan Morris that much. And that that's not... That's not an indictment on him as a player. We know how talented he is. He's so young and he's scoring goals in MLS, but um, I just I just didn't see that much of him. Yeah, I, I think once again he is a lone striker, um, but you know we, we did see him go wide a little bit. I, I think he, having him and Bobby Wood together up top. I know I said I wanted to see him start together. They might both stay too central. Um, obviously, Jordan Morris has played on the wing before, but. Yeah, you're right. He he didn't do a whole lot, but he did pressure the St. Vincent defense. He was running at them. He was pressing. And I think that helped the game open up a little bit more for the U.S. and allowed uh, the U.S. to have some of those chances at the end there. Yeah. And I, I, I don't think we've talked about the fifth goal yet, but uh, Christian Pulisic made a great run going down the left-hand side and had the composure to deliver a nice ball in the question who had an open net and just scored. Yeah, he... Uh, Nice tap in. Clutchin obviously missed the chance a little bit later where maybe he should have passed it to Bobby Wood. But uh, just a great match from him and both of them. And this, the sixth goal was was the, uh, I don't know, that was such a good Yeah, goal. in the 92nd minute, Pulisic uh, receives the ball after passing it to uh, Zuzi on the far side. And then he returns it to Clutchin in kind of the middle area. But then he d- lays it off to Pulisic, who has a couple well, defenders. He doesn't really lay it off. Yeah, it's a good well, pass to the top of the box. Pass, yeah, because yeah, he's he's on the question is sort of on the if you're looking at it straight on he's on the right he's towards the the end line, um, right. and he's able to put it back to the top of the box, and Christian Pulisic, Pulisic excuse me, um, curls it into the far corner. And we weren't sure if it was like deflected at first because right. it just seemed like too like a great shot. And... Yeah, the goalkeeper was standing still. Um, great shot, and that right there is why he should be a starter on this team. I agree. Do, and do you think he will start against Trinidad? I hope so. I know we all hope so, but do you think he will? I think so. I, I mean, how do you not? After having two goals and an assist, how do you not start? I mean, but, what more do you have to do? Yeah. And I, I and guess, also, Jossie's artist is not on the roster, so what more do you have to do? <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely true. And I think that uh, we definitely at least need to see a cameo from Nagby in the next match. Because, um, you know, he didn't even get a substitution in this game. And uh, I, I think that actually, like, if he played the majority of this game, that he would have just allowed Altidore and Wood to, to you know, not have a bird in the midfield. And Right. Because Grams is the... He has that work rate and he goes back on defense, but offensively he doesn't add a whole lot. Um, this is one of the worst seasons he's had since he's been an MLS player. So I don't even know, one, why he's being called up. I don't know why he's starting. Especially when Fabian Johnson is in midfield. You would think, okay, so that opens... Well, we knew Graham says he was going to start. We all, we all. <laughs> but push Vidalia out wide, then, and play Nagby centrally. Yeah, no, that, that sounds way better. All right, is there anything else you want to talk about regarding the St. Vincent and the Grenadines match? 
Uh, no, man. Just that there's not too much to take from it, and uh, hopefully Christian Pulisic starts against Trinidad and Tobago. Yeah, agreed. That match is going to be on FS1 on Tuesday at 8 p.m. Uh, it'll be a better match to gauge, you know, what this lineup will look like and, you yeah. know, how we're actually doing because this was St. Vincent the Great News. Well, it'll be interesting to see what the U.S. does because, or Trinidad, because Trinidad is already through. Um, and, of course, seeding doesn't really matter in the hex. It only matters for scheduling. If we do beat Trinidad and Tobago, our first two matches are at home against Mexico and at Costa Rica. So maybe the U.S. throws the match as if that's something they don't want to do. I don't. I mean, honestly, just get those two fixtures out of the way, uh, and, you know, if you can get three to four points out of those, I'm okay with that. Uh, well, obviously, I'm okay with that, but that should be our goal. And selfishly, I want us to play Mexico first, because that's in Columbus, and that's where I am. Um, so, but I either way, to... they play Mexico and Columbus, right? Yeah, but, you know, who knows? I, I know I'll be there on November 11th. Uh, right, right. But, I mean, I, I actually, but I actually do think that, like, it would be better to get... Because at least you're coming off... Um, oh, no, but we wouldn't beat Trinidad and Tobago. Exactly. In that case. Okay, yeah, so I, I, don't, I don't know. And we, and we do have an international break in between with two friendlies. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, why don't, why, don't, why don't we just guarantee that we can make the Mexico match in Columbus on November 11th? That's, Absolutely. That's what I'm going to say. Absolutely. All right, we have some other things we want to talk about not regarding U.S. soccer. So... On transfer deadline day at the end of August, we saw David Luiz return to Chelsea for 34 million euros. Uh, they sold they sold him to PSG a couple years before 50 million euros. What do you think about this deal, and do you think that he fits in with Antonio Conte's system? I think, well, I think it's a good, I think it's a good move for Chelsea. They need some help at center back. They just need some cover. Um, does he fit into? No, I don't think so. Has he ever had a center back like that? Who who goes forward and who distributes the ball like that? I don't think so. He he likes to think and pass, I guess, but David Luiz likes to penetrate and then, you know. Right, well, the closest thing he's had to a center back like that is Martin Caceres for Juventus, right? I don't know how much he played him. Yeah, no, I mean, I and think he was mostly... Maybe he, plays him, maybe he plays him in midfield? It's a That's what I'm thinking... I'm not a huge fan of David Luiz. Right. I mean, I... I'm, I'm excited to see him back in the Premier League because I think he's just fun to watch. But, yeah, I, I, as a defender, I'm not a huge... But we're going to be more than often not, I think, talking about his lapses. Yeah, that's true. Great yeah, for FIFA, think. though, to have him back in the Premier League. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> Great yeah. for Ultimate Team. Yeah, I don't, I don't play Ultimate <laughs> Team, but you do. I don't know. So You're going to play in this FIFA like, 17, I guarantee you. Um, I'm done. They're, no, they're adding so much to it. <laughs> Transfer deadline day is news. crazy. In other FIFA news, what do you think about Cristiano Ronaldo having a higher rating than Lionel Messi? I, I think in previous years it was deserved, but this year I, I just think they should have equal ratings at this point. But, you know, that's fine. Uh, maybe maybe I'll pack Messi this year <laughs> since he's lower rated. Uh, but back to Transfer Deadline Day. It was crazy. I was so mad that day because I'm an Everton supporter, for those of you who don't know, and I was so excited about this window, and we did some good things, but, you know, the players we were linked with, Brahimi, Gabbiadini, Musa Sissoko, who decided to turn off his phone when Ronald Koeman tried to call him when he went to town. Did you know that? Yeah, yeah. We had a private jet for him. We had everything set up. I mean, to be honest, I didn't really want Musa Sissoko. I think I was telling you that beforehand. Um, oh, no, that's way too much money. Yeah. 
But I mean, that's well, just like, was, like how much were you linked with Juan Mata for? Juan Mata, I mean, that was just an empty rumor. Oh, but, that was an empty rumor. But you know, Witzel was like thirty million. Uh, Another Witzel. Yeah, I mean, Brahimi was forty million euros, so that's a lot of money. Gabbiadini was like twenty five, so that's what the market is right now. Um, but I mean, those it's just it was just so disappointing and. I don't know. That's why we do loan moves. That's why Roma yeah. does loan moves, dude. Well, we loaned in Enter Valencia. Oh, yeah. That, that was deadline day, right? Yeah, that was deadline day. And there were some interesting moves. Uh, Wilfred Boney going to Stoke City. That was good for them. They also brought in Bruno Martins Indy, the Dutch defender. Right. So Stoke City uh, gearing up. Not great for Jeff Cameron, but honestly, Stoke City looks so much better with Jeff Cameron in defense. Um, some other deadline day moves... Jack Wilshire to Bournemouth, not great for Emerson Hindman, but maybe good for Gideon Zalavan, um, who did not secure a loan. Matt Miazga went on loan to Vitesse in the Eredivisie, so hopefully he can get some playing time there. He was going to go to Espanyol. That sort of fell through. Um, what are some other big big things that happened on deadline day? Not too many I can think of. Um, yeah, I'm blanking. What was Marcos Alonso to Chelsea on deadline day? Yeah, I thought it was on deadline day. Marcos Alonso to Chelsea. Interesting, interesting move to say the least. Uh, he can play left back, left mid. I mean, he can play really anywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I there's not there's not too many I can think of right now because it was a couple of days ago. Um, what? What? I mean, what are your overall thoughts about transfer deadline day? Um. Oh, uh, Leicester City brought in. Islam Slomani. Right. Pretty, that's a good deal. I think he's a great striker. So I'm excited to see him in the Prem. But back to your thoughts. Joe Hart to Torino. <laughs> Joe, but that was on deadline day? I think that was the day before. Yeah, I think it is. Uh, and I don't... I, I don't... I mean, if we're talking about Joe Hart, I don't know if that's a good move for him. I mean... Sure, he's still playing a top league, but I, I I would find it hard to believe that he couldn't have gone to any other Premier League club. I think that if he's going to be talked about amongst English fans, it's only going to be because he does something bad. Yeah, it's like if he has a great game for Torino, no one's gonna be, no English fans are gonna be talking about it. Yeah, so that, that that's, that's the issue with that move. Well, I think um, I was listening to the Total Soccer Show, and something they were talking about was. English players going abroad because there's no there's no really good English, like Ravel Morrison plays for Lazio I think is he still there um, Mika Richards had played for Fiorentina in the past um, but there's really no English player good English players yeah. abroad so I think that might be good for Eng- English football that being said I don't think Joe Hart's the best keeper in England anyway I think Jack Butland is when he's healthy so um, obviously Sam Allardyce did call Joe Hart up. It'll be interesting to see if he plays him, if he starts him. I don't see that. I don't think he won't. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. I, I, I don't know if Torino's the best move, but I don't think anyone really wanted him. No top team in England wanted him. So I think yeah. Sunderland was the only team he was linked with. Well, why not there? Seriously. Sunderland? Uh, Torino's a better team than Sunderland. It's not about better team, though. I mean, you... Uh, I mean, England thinks that England is the best, right? So it's 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 your whole thing about you know moving to well, MLS. Yeah, but, but no, but now he can be direct instead of being directly compared to Jack Butland, he can do good things in Italy, and people are like, oh, he's playing well in Serie A. Let's pick him. 
If he goes to Sunderland, if he's going to Sunderland and letting in a goal and a half per game, then of course people are going to say Jack Butler and Fraser Forster. These guys should easily be starting over. Right. Uh, so I, I don't think it's a bad move for him. Yeah. Yeah. No. I. I the other we'll thing. See. Yeah. We'll see. The other thing. Did you see that uh, Angolo Conte said that Manchester United were in for him, and that he rejected them for Chelsea. It's interesting. Understandable, I guess. Yeah, it's understandable. I, I'm, actually, I'm not sure that many players would do that, but um, we'll see. I mean, a lot, a lot of a lot of Chelsea fans right now love Antonio Conte. Right. Um, and Angola Conte. Yeah. <laughs> so, Conte and Conte. <laughs> and uh, I, I think that it's just, I'm just really excited to see these three teams um, yeah. go at it. But it, there is a big game once we come off from international break. We've got Manchester City versus Manchester United in the Manchester Derby. Sergio Cunaguero will be out for that match right. because of his three-match ban. And um, He elbowed Winston Reid in the face. The West Ham. And I don't know how the referee didn't catch that. You've yeah. seen the video, right? Yeah. No, 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 that's, that's, that makes no sense to me. And um, uh, I, I think that that means that United's going to win that game. Yeah, I, who, I don't even know who the backup striker is now. Is oh, Kenny Ihanicho. Oh, he's a good he's a good striker. Um, and so they have the first backup. Uh, he probably is. I think he 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 went ahead of Boney last year. But yeah, I think well we can. I that's a week away from now. Uh, we have uh, we have United and City. I mean, we'll we'll, we'll definitely talk about that match uh, after it happens. But yeah, I, yeah, I, w- I would pick United right now. All right. I, I, I mean, I think did you mention it? Nigel Leong's move no. before? No. Okay. Yeah, we were waiting out for that one. Uh, <laughs> So we wanted to talk about, you know, LA Galaxy released Nigel De Jong, and then he signed with Galatasaray, and I think this was on deadline day or maybe before deadline day. And, uh, but, you know, the big thing about this is that the video that MLS released on their website and on their Twitter where they criticized Nigel De Jong and said it was a great move for LA, right. which is just... Well, wanna, which could be good, because if he was going to become a DP, then yeah, get rid of him. But... The way they did it, I mean, there's a league. It's not, it's not the LA Galaxy. It's not an LA Galaxy fan group. It's the league, and I think that's, you know, when we had the MLS lockout looming a couple of years ago, MLSsoccer.com had no stories about the CBA or about anything, and that's the problem when the main outlet for news for the league is the league itself. It's obviously going to be super biased and super skewed, and we've seen MLS writers get fired in the past because of for sharing their opinion. I mean, so I, I think that's just one, one of the perils of, of a league covering itself. But the way they did it was ridiculous, and the rationale was just stupid. I mean, the fact that they said Nigel De Young scored zero goals in zero games, or in zero assists. Uh, in his time. I mean, he's a defensive midfielder. You have Steven Gerrard, Giassi Zardes, Robbie Keane, Sebastian Legette, and all these other guys on your team. I mean, Nigel De Jong's job is not to score goals or to make assists. Exactly. And um, they talked about his red card against Darlington Nagby, which was bad, but it happens. Someone injured Giassi Zardes this weekend. Yeah. It happens. It's just... And maybe I would understand it even a little bit more if they sold him, but, you know... No, no, I don't understand it at all. I mean, neither do I, but... I, I mean, this... he is he is a player in your league, no matter what, it makes no sense to criticize a player like that. 
that you employed, that one, the league employs his, his, remember his, he's not a DP, so his salary is paid by MLS. Right. It's just not, it's not fair to the player too. So, I mean, just terrible, terrible PR stuff. And I, I'm not against the way MLS handles itself on social media because some people think they're too informal, but I think that's the way it's we're, we're going with social media. Uh, I mean, this summer we saw like NFL teams tweeting about Pokemon Go and Premier League teams starting to tweet at each other and stuff like that. So, you know, I'm okay with that, but that was way too far. I mean, it wasn't even too far. It was just dumb. Yeah. <laughs> Bottom line. It's awful, actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, th- those were our thoughts on Nigel De Young. Like, do you think he'll, you know, succeed in the Turkish League? Yeah, I think so. I think he's still a good player. Good player, yeah. Um, yeah, and that, that's pretty much all we have to talk about. Uh, do you have anything else? Um, yeah, just go check out Ambitious Strike, the soccer-themed apparel company. Check out ambitiousstrike.com. The link to the website is always in the description. And use the code BROTHERS at checkout for a 15% discount. We have an email for this podcast at soccerbrotherspodcast at gmail.com. Our Twitter and Instagram handles are at soccerbrotherspod. If you're on SoundCloud, like or follow us. If you're on iTunes, review or rate us. You can also listen to us on Podkicker. Is that what it's called? Yeah, Podkicker. <laughs> Podkicker and Google Play. We're also there, too. So if you have an Android, don't you don't have to listen online on SoundCloud. Um, and yeah, remember, stay tuned, because in two episodes, we're going to have Landon Donovan on. Right. And our website should be live soon. The URL for that is soccerbrotherspodcast.com. So, pretty easy. And uh, in our next episode, and uh, I think you all mentioned it at the beginning, will be after the Trinidad and Tobago match, so uh, you'll have our reactions and thoughts there. And we'll be in full swing after that with the Donovan interview and getting back into the club schedule. So Yep, and we have some, we have another guest lined up after that. I know we haven't even had Lana Donovan on yet, but um, it's exciting. Do I know who this is? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. Lined up as in, like, he's agreed to this. Maybe it's not a he. Oh, oh, her. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, okay, I thought she was going to be after yeah. our potential. Okay. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we, so we, we're working on it. We're working on getting more guests. We're excited about the next few weeks, next coming months. There's a lot of soccer going on. Yep. Yep, it's, it's really exciting. Yeah. Thank you for listening. We'll see you guys next time for episode 59 of the Soccer Brothers Podcast. Yeah.